We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at bluewirepods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly Hello darkness, my old friend, 49ers fans, welcome to the most depressing episode of Striking Gold Humanly Possible. The 49ers just lost the Super Bowl last night, 31-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Kevin Jones, I'm your host. We're going to get through this. This is going to be a long month and probably a long couple months to come to terms with choking a fourth quarter lead without playing the Kansas City Chiefs for three quarters pretty much and then completely melting down. The worst possible narrative about Kyle Shanahan would be him choking away a lead, mismanaging the clock. It happened. The worst possible narrative for Jimmy G would be for the game to be in his hands and him not to deliver. It happened. San Francisco is going to have to live with these storylines for the next year from every NFL fan base, from every analyst. It's going to be nonstop. Next season is going to be very challenging. The noise is going to be a lot louder. The expectations are still going to be the same. The 49ers are going to be the preseason favorites next year, and they're going to have to live up to that. It's going to be a completely different vibe going into the season. This was their moment. Strike while the iron's hot. Kyle, prove you're the coach of the future. Jimmy G, shut up all the doubters. They shrunk. The moment was big. The 49ers caved and they looked small and they couldn't get anything going in the fourth quarter and they mismanaged the clock right before halftime. 
This game felt a little bit like the Ravens game. It was the better team. The 49ers had control. And then play calling got weird late. It should have been more runs. I think the 49ers had 13 plays with the lead in the fourth quarter. Nine passes, four runs. And a couple of those were great runs from Raheem Mostert. Oh man, this one hurts. This is tough to swallow. As people, everyone who listens to this has hyped up Kyle and Jimmy G. And the moment was big and the Chiefs were bigger. Andy Reid gets the monkey off his back. You give them kudos. You don't blame the refs here either. I mean, there was a couple calls that George Kittle end of the first half, offensive pass interference. Yeah, that sucks. Why didn't the 49ers have the ball back with 147 on the clock? Even John Lynch is signaling timeout from the booth. And then the, the 49ers kind of putts around and then they go deep with a little bit of time left on the clock. Oh my. I mean, Kyle's going to have to wear this. Jimmy G, listen, the defense isn't blameless either. 5.1 yards per play for the Chiefs is damn impressive, but a couple big plays deep. Tyree Kill kind of really got them going there. Middle of the fourth quarter, I think six minutes left, 44-yard bomb, and then Richard Sherman got beat. He even tweeted after the game, he's got to be better. This sucks. That's what Jed York tweeted. This really, it sucks. There's no other way around this. It was a game where... Every negative thing about the 49ers kind of popped up. Even the Tarverius Moore interference call in the end zone. I, I think he played that correctly because the 49ers teach their defenders to do that, to jump in and not turn their head and look back. Tarverius Moore looks back there. Somehow they hold him to a field goal. But really, the only thing I can compare Pat Mahomes to is like an avalanche or like a tsunami. He's like mother nature. He looks, he summons forces and then puts his thumb on you and you can't move. And he's making all the big plays. And it was only so long. I mean, the 49ers lost the game when Tarvarius Moore had the interception early fourth quarter and they did nothing with it. They got one first down, I believe with Kittle. Kittle was not used enough in this game. 49ers were averaging, what, 6.7 yards per carry, and they went away from the run in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. Lots to get into. This is going to take a long time to get over. Until they win a Super Bowl, and now this is the narrative around the football team. My goodness. I feel bad. I do feel bad for Kyle because he's a damn good coach. But there's been a couple key moments here where he's got to get better. Next season, is there an assistant head coach on this football team that helps him manage the clock because he's also calling plays? It's too much. The mindset there before halftime, he said he was okay with going in 10-10, which makes me think he's playing the clock. You need touchdowns against the Chiefs. You need points. You need to be aggressive before the end of the half. Does he not trust Jimmy Garoppolo? That's going to be the big question, and you're going to have the naysayers saying it all the time. Kyle Shanahan, does he trust Jimmy Garoppolo? Because he didn't before halftime. And then the big throw, the third down play that's going to be remembered forever. What, two minutes left? I don't know. It was the last chance for the 49ers. Third and 10. It was a Mills concept. Bill Barnwell on ESPN.com wrote about it. Crossing pattern from Kendrick Bourne. 
Was that the route that Jimmy G should have gone on third and 10? He had Emmanuel Sanders open. He split two defenders and Jimmy Garoppolo threw it about two yards too deep. It looked like Sam Sanders let up a little bit. He's not getting a ton of blame on Twitter. He looked really upset with himself after the game. Is that something he probably should have dove for with the Super Bowl on the line? Yeah, probably. He probably should have dove there. Um, at the end of the day, it was a bad throw from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he finished either like 2 of 10 with an interception. And it just all caved in. And the O-line did not play great down the stretch either. There was a lot of pressure in Jimmy's face. Chris Jones had a nice bat down of a pass. You give the Chiefs credit. Tyran Matthews thanked the 49ers for going to the pass. Because they, they weren't stopping the run. And the 49ers' great touchdown drive in the third quarter was a lot of runs. Kyle Juszczyk had a great game. I mean, we're going to try and take something positive out of this. But my God. Yeah, if, you, if you're expecting some type of pat this team on the back, oh, they had a great season. This is not the podcast episode for you. Striking gold, Kevin Jones, been with you since the Chip Kelly days, and now I'm with you during the Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo loss in the Super Bowl, 31-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, a couple words I'm taking into the offseason are clock management. This team has an issue with knowing what to do with a close lead. They know how to kill teams really well. Ask the Packers, ask the Vikings. The 49ers at home can probably kill you, but against the Chiefs, against the Ravens, against the Seahawks, you're not going to be able to kill those teams. Those, those teams are fundamentally sound. They're as good as you. Their quarterback probably is now better. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is really going to have to prove it. Next regular season is not even going to matter for this team. Think about this. They go 12-4 and four next year and lose in the NFC Championship game. It's going to be an utter disappointment. The amount of pressure on this team now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Striking gold podcast. Quick sip of water. Spitting hot fire right now. Um, teams leading by 10 points with less than seven minutes left. This was the 2019 season. Up 10, seven minutes left. They were 164-2 and two this season. Raiders-Jaguars in Week 15 was the only other game. Every other NFL team up 10 with seven minutes left, 164-2 and two this season. This is an epic, epic meltdown. Yeah, I mean, the fourth quarter drives for the 49ers were 17 yards, five yards, and then the last desperation, 27 yards. Turnover on downs. Jimmy G sacked on the final play. Um, what I call the final play. I mean, they got the ball back after a touchdown. Then he threw an interception. That was their one chance there. They got to midfield, Raheem Mostert. God, should they have kept running the ball the whole time? Even when they were trailing there on that last drive. They're gonna this team's gonna replay this game in their head. I don't know what Kyle's gonna do if they're if he's gonna make them watch a film today together. Probably. I wonder if he's going to call himself out and how hard he will. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's three buckets of blame. I don't really want to do this, but it's Kyle, it's Jimmy G, and the defense. You can throw the O-line in there if you want. There's no one really else to blame. You can't just blame Richard Sherman because that was just one play. The defense kind of melted down, too. Um, yeah, so Kyle... 
that third down play call is going to live with them a while. And I don't know what the number one option there was. Someone's going to have to get to the, you know, the genesis of what happened on the Emmanuel Sanders play call. But that's the one to me. I tweeted, it's going to keep people up at night. Me, philosophically, me, I'm not going for a 50-yard bomb on third and 10 with the game on the line in the Super Bowl because I'd rather have fourth and short there. I'd I'd rather throw a, a pass with a higher percent chance. Now, granted, Emmanuel Sanders got open. And does Kirk Cousins make that throw? These are the questions now that we're going to have to start asking. There's people who are being absurd, like cut Jimmy Garoppolo over this play. I'm not ready to go there yet. I do think they can get back eventually to a Super Bowl. But I'll tell you this, the last loser of a Super Bowl to get back besides the Patriots the year after is the Buffalo Bills. And so the 49ers could get back next year. I think the odds in the preseason we'll have to see you know what moves happen where Tom Brady ends up landing he's not coming to San Francisco Skip Bayless and people like that there's no way the 49ers are a much better football team with Tom Brady and I don't know does it come down to the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and that's why you need him because that's where he's his best I'm not even considering that narrative yet at all and I nor do I want it because I do believe in Jimmy Garoppolo but it's this play and the play call. Like I'm, I'm gonna blame Jimmy G for that throw, but I don't know what the number one option there was. I probably would have looked at Kendrick Bourne, the All Twenty Two. I have had no time to look at that, so I just watched the TV copy. But you know, Bourne wasn't that open. It's third and ten. Uh, yeah, and this is this is depressing officially. Um, Striking Gold podcast. Jimmy G, Kyle, and the defense here. Um, so that third and 15 play, we'll go there defensively next on what happened. The first big uh, third and 15 play from the Chiefs. Opponents against the 49ers were two for 45 on third and 15 plus all year. The 49ers were one of the best teams in the last 10 years of giving up pass plays that were 20 yards or more. You knew the Chiefs were going to hit one, and that was the one that really punctured. It looked like Jimmy Ward and Emmanuel Mosley were both lost there. I was waiting for that the whole game. The Chiefs never really exposed that little fissure on the field, and it's the spot deep between Emmanuel Mosley and Jimmy Ward. That issue bubbled up at the absolute wrong time. This team had a couple of weaknesses and they were all exposed under a bright light. It, it, it's, it's awful. It's like, you know, you, you get in bed with some girl and she's got like horrible breath or something. Like they made it all the way. And then you just realize, wait, like, oh, wait, this person has a lot of flaws. And not just like you know, physically, like, oh, this person, oh. You get to know someone and like the 49ers are a football team. They're a huge, they're an organism and just they have some flaws. And gosh, it's Kyle's clock management. It's Jimmy G kind of can he win these big games, which he did against the Saints. He he this sucks because we know he can do this, but he can come up short too. And dear God, it is his first ever Super Bowl, and him and Mahomes are the the two 
not youngest quarterbacks, but two quarterbacks with the least amount of starts combined ever in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, geez, he got them all the way here. Uh, you know, 15% of my heart really feels for the 49ers, but 85% of my heart says, my God, you, you guys have the silver platter. You're getting ready to eat the gourmet meal, and then you throw the platter on the ground. And you, like, kick the platter around like you were about to eat the best meal of your life. And the 49ers shot themselves in the foot more. And, like, listen, the Chiefs are a damn good team. They figured out what to do. I don't know how they improve this football team. That's where we'll go next. Um, they have $21 million in cap room. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to hear from betonline.ag. And then what, what happens next? What's going to happen in the offseason? Let's project some storylines kind of early right now. We're coming right off this loss. Um, I almost don't even want to talk about the actual game anymore. It's making me sick. This football team still has a bright future. I totally agree. We'll kind of look at what's next. Striking gold coming right back. All right, guys. BetOnline.ag. I know the Super Bowl is over. The NFL futures are going to be coming out soon. March Madness, the Masters, Major League Opening Day. You want to get your account set up now. Um, BetOnline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I just signed up. It's super easy. You know, I'm going to start making wagers next week. It's a fantastic way to support the Striking Gold podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, betonline.ag. They're coming in on a big deal with us, guys. So check them out. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sports book experts. We trust them for all their lines that they put out. These guys are super official, betonline.ag. Um, yeah, I'm going to be betting on the Masters. You can count on that. I'm getting back into golf, I'm making business deals. Um, you know what? I like making 50 bucks sometimes. I like making 250 bucks sometimes, even bigger. Betonline.ag, you can bet in amounts like that. And we appreciate you guys for betting with betonline.ag. All right, welcome back. Shout out to betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Yeah, we're going to roll with BetOnline, and they're actually going to track how many listeners we sign up. And this is going to be... Uh, hopefully a long-term deal for us. So I urge you, if you are betting, bet with bet online. They're very reputable. A lot of our current podcasters were already betting with bet online. If you're going to do that, it's a huge boost to Blue Wire and our partnership with them. They're great. They're um, honestly keeping us in a great spot <laughs> with investors, with the revenue they're giving us. So shout out to bet online. There are peeps. And we know we have organic listeners. We know that you support Blue Wire. So you're, if you bet, you're going to sign up with Bet Online, and it's going to be huge boost to Blue Wire and everything we're building here. Because, like the 49ers, we we're not going to go anywhere, and the 49ers aren't going to go anywhere either. They're going to be a top three team in the NFC for the next five years. Um, I don't think they have a decision to make a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is the unquestioned starter. I think they actually might even have to trade Nick Mullins this offseason to quiet the noise of how good that certain people think he is. Des Bryant's tweeting that he should be starting. Um, uh, you're going to have quarterback, not question marks, but you're just going to have quarterback discussions around this football team when your guy comes up short. 
I truly believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Matt Ryan. He's better than Matthew Stafford. In this offense, he can execute it. And he's proven that. However, you're, you're going to have a lot of noise at this position in the offseason. 49ers are going to have $21 million in cap room. Eric Armstead is their key free agent. He's going to demand, what, at least on a... If you franchise tag him, it's going to be like 12 or 13 or 14 million on a one-year deal. This is the tough thing about when you make it to the Super Bowl and you start not having a lot of cap room because you have a lot of really good players on your team. They're going to have to let Eric Armstead go. Reason being, Buckner and Kittle both need new contracts. Parag's going to work his wizardry. Dante Pettis is not going to be on the team next year. Jarek McKinnon's not going to be on the team next year. You're going to be able to shed some money. Um, but right now, the 49ers are in the bottom half of the league in terms of cap room. Remember a couple of years back when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch inherited this thing, it was unbelievable. They led the league in cap room by like $20 million. And you know they made some decisions then that don't look amazing. They gave Marquise Goodwin extra money. The Pierre Garçon thing didn't work out. Hoyer was very cheap, so you can't even blame him there. That was really a stopgap thing. But... Um, you know, Western Richburg has been worth it. But they they ate some of the money up and they didn't make a ton of good decisions in free agency. Richard Sherman was definitely the best decision they made in free agency and really brought the passing defense to a whole nother level. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Eric Armstead's going to have to end up walking. You're going to trust Ronald Blair. I believe he's going to be a restricted free agent. So you're going to be able to get him back on like very fair money. And again, yeah, it's just like they're going to have to keep some cap room. They can't be up against it every year. I don't think they want to have zero cap room. And when you re-sign Armstead and you're going to have to have Kittle and Buckner, it sucks because I don't know if Ronald Blair is going to be as good as Armstead. And they don't have a second or third or fourth round pick right now, which is truly troubling. D Ford is a part-time player and he's getting paid like he's a full-time player. And they had to part ways with a second round pick. You know, they they need more. They need more on this team. I would say right now, I do like Emmanuel Mosley coming back next season as a starter at corner. I might want some more competition there. Witherspoon is always going to be in the mix. He could end up starting next year. Um, but you know, similar to Jimmy G, we, we don't know if, if if he can you know. Not get picked on in a Super Bowl. Can he be big in the biggest moments? Right now, you can't trust Witherspoon there. I'd say corner is still a need on this team. Uh, Richard Sherman is on the second half of his career. And he had a damn great season. It was probably the best corner in the league last decade. You're just going to have to look for depth there. Joe Staley, he got injured during the game. He missed parts of it, then had a key fall start, which sucks. He was mad at himself afterwards. Every 49ers fan is upset for Joe Staley right now. And you know, I think I think tackle is a, is up there on the list of what will be a priority receiver. Debo was the best player offensively for this team last night. It took 20 minutes in the podcast to mention that, but they were moving the football with him. What do you have, like 60 yards rushing, 53 yards rushing? That part of the game plan works. Kyle's found a gadget player to really run reverses, and the Chiefs' defense was thrown off a little bit by him and he's still great in the past game so we're gonna hope he does it next season but I mean he's done it on the highest level in the Super Bowl you have way more belief in him than Dante Pettis ever showed you and granted that was with Nick Mullins too um Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent 
you don't have a ton of cap room. He is a great player. Trying to figure out what you do with him. You gave up a draft pick for him too. This team does not have a lot of draft picks. They don't have a lot of cap room. They do have the core in place. Kittle's going nowhere. Buckner's going nowhere. Buckner is going to ask for a huge contract. Like that, that would be the first big domino if it happened. If Buckner was just asking for Aaron Donald money, which he might, and the 49ers were like, we're going to have to draft your replacement because we're just going to run out of money. They've already paid Jimmy G, I think, most or a very, very healthy portion of his contract. Those numbers get easier to move on from, and it's crazy. I mean, a scenario next year where this team goes 8-8 eight and eight and misses the playoffs like the Rams did this year, my God, it's, it's, in, it's in a discussion that I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to be at least a wild card, but they are in the toughest division in the league at the end of the day, too. This was a special year from the 49ers. It had everything written all over it as a feel-good story. As Kyle Shanahan, the next best coach in the league. Um, and now the whole narrative about the team is different. They win this. They're going to be cocky AF. They're not going to care about pieces that they lose because they're feeling so good. Um, Kyle Juszczyk was great on offense. The offense did enough for the first three quarters and the defense kind of like did enough in the th- for the first three quarters too they both really did they both collapsed in the quarter that they couldn't collapse gonna be a lot of upset people in that building players coaches scouts staffers um yeah it's gonna be a little bit of a dark cloud there for a week i Kyle should give the Jed should give people the week off like they just work so effing hard all season long I think people deserve a vacation in that building. There's no, they're going to have to put together their free agency plans, I'm sure. They're going to have to do a couple things before the combine here. But um, I think time off is good in this situation. It, like I hope Kyle's not staying up at night reliving this, like how he would do things differently. There's a day and a time and a place for that. But, I mean, there's going to be some emotional scarring from the 49ers from this Super Bowl loss. And they are going to get back there. I don't know if it's next year. My guess would be two years from now. History tells us it's just so hard. They're not going to get as many turnovers to fall their way this year. (laughs) My God. So, yeah, this offseason, Jimmy G's coming back as quarterback. There's, I think John Lynch and Jed York would talk Kyle out of doing something drastic. What you would look for this is the season after. If Jimmy G was awful next season and they missed the playoffs and Kirk Cousins was coming off his season in Minnesota, he's going to be a free agent. They may extend him. I don't know what they're going to do there. But could become a storyline. Won't cost the 49ers a leg and an arm to move on from him. And I think they could probably trade Jimmy G at a bare minimum for a third-round pick right now, which sucks because they traded us. You know, they only traded a second. Oh, man. I do think he's a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the league right now. And definitely closer to 10 to 12. But, like, would Deshaun Watson have, have has risen up in this moment? Would Matthew Stafford, definitely not Trubisky. Would Aaron Rodgers have even taken the 49ers team this far? I don't know. Like, Jimmy did a damn good job for most of the season. Um, you know, that storyline's going to persist. They've got to re-sign Kittle or Buckner. 
you, you, I mean, I guess they could have Buckner play on the one-year contract again if he wanted to, the fifth-year option, and get Kittle's deal done first. That's probably what makes most sense. But they're yeah, they. I don't know if they have enough cap room to do both deals. They're gonna have to figure out who they want first. Then all of a sudden, that's a storyline now. Oh, Buckner is not getting paid. All of a sudden, he has 17 sacks or something crazy next season. He's like, you're paying me Aaron Donald money. And now the 49ers are like, we've got to move on from someone we really like. Um, Jimmy Ward's a free agent too. I don't know what they're going to do there. Tarvarius Moore has come in and played well. I mean, he outside of that interference call on Travis Kelsey, he had a pick. He kind of came in the game and played pretty well. I think he can play deep safety in time there was just what you want to do um yeah so i don't know jimmy ward or armstead i would say i would be shocked if both are back they're just they're running out of money guys that's what's going to happen when you have good players and you make it far and other teams are willing to pay them more because oh this guy's coming off super bowl experience he's a leader da, 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 da. other teams are going to have a lot of cap room and they have a lot of needs jimmy ward can play a lot of different positions depending on what defense he's in yeah, so next season, I think the team looks mostly the same. The guys who's up in the air is Emmanuel, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. At the end of the day, if you lost all three of those, which would, would suck, I don't think it changes the makeup of the team. And that's the, like, the number one positive to take away is that I still think Kyle's a top five coach in the league that I, you know, he's going to have to overcome this thing. They're going to have to get an assistant coach like John Lynch should have been on the sideline calling time out there for him and talking some sense into him about why, hey, two-minute drill, it's a Super Bowl. We got to trust our quarterback, whoever it is here. We, get, we, we can't be playing for the clock at different times. Like At the end of the first half, unless, unless he's really scared he was going to throw a pick six there, which maybe secretly Kyle is saying that in his head that he doesn't trust Jimmy G there. And then you have a fundamental issue on the football team, the head coach and quarterback. There's a lack of trust. My God, these are the questions we're going to have to discuss on the podcast. Hello, darkness, my old friend. The The birth of this podcast was just debating how do we rebuild this football team? Now it's like, how do, how do we re- rebuild it back from being torn down in the Super Bowl? This team does have the key pieces still in place. Richard Sherman's not falling off anytime soon. You still have a lockdown corner you're the best tight end in the league. Raheem Mostert is entering next year as a starter. You you have good running backs. You have a really good O-line still. You're going to have to figure out, you know, Tomlinson's getting older. Same with Mike Person. He, he got beat a little bit. Chris Jones was having his way with him. That There could be an upgrade at guard. You can always improve the football team. There's always going to be moves to be made. There's going to be new characters on this team next year. Good news is it's pretty much going to be the same coaching staff outside of Joe Woods. You're going to have Robert Sala back, Mike McDaniel back, Mike LaFleur back. And, you know, Adam Peters right now is back, Martin Mayhew. The front, there's continuity on this football team like how there's not across most of the league. There's going to be a lot of other changes on other teams. Like that will be the key thing. Who's going to get better in the NFC? Dallas will be better next year with Mike McCarthy. Like the Giants, are they a wild card with Joe Judge? I don't think they're going to be that good. But there's going to be the 49ers of next year. There's going to be a random NFC team that everyone's surprised by. And they're going to come up and be 11-5. and And that will be a new team to deal with alongside the Seahawks, alongside the Rams. 
Oh, God damn it. This is so hard. This this team is, oh, man. There's scars coming from this game. We're going to talk through it all off season. You know, we're going nowhere at Blue Wire and it's striking gold. We're probably going to up this to a daily podcast next season. You know, we're trying to get there with Blue Wire all the time. We're trying to pump daily shorter episodes and, you know, we want to be in your earbuds more often. Like, how do we package content that way? I, I know people like the long 45-minute episodes. They want to get as much out of it possible. What I'd rather talk to you every day. <laughs> so we're going to try and change things. The 49ers are going to try and change things. Number one thing this offseason, hire an assistant head coach. Get someone in here who has duties and responsibilities. Get egos out of the way. Kyle shouldn't care about this. It's about winning a Super Bowl. I agree with my boy Kyle Madsen. Sometimes life is as simple. The football players didn't execute. The coaches didn't execute. Like, that's it. Like, it's okay. Life is going to move on. I don't mean to depress everyone here. But football is that important to us. The 49ers are that important. Look how far they got. The season was fun. At a certain point, I think by March and free agency, you move on. But I I think this month is going to be very dark. And 49ers fans, you know, look at Kyle. He came off that Super Bowl loss and immediately came to the 49ers. He had to internalize that and then rebuild a football team. I mean, there's been bigger challenges had. Overcoming this fourth quarter, it's like it's the last level of the video game. Like the 49ers are that far into the video game. It's not like they're starting from square one after this. It's not like they lost 46-10 either. Like they showed up. They dictated the game. Nick Bosa was possibly the best player on the field and got held a ton. We can get into the refs. I mean... That George Kittle call was awful. Offensive pass interference. You can't call that on that big of a play. Maybe there was some full extension there. That was the big one that stood out to me. A couple holding calls on Nick Bosa should have happened. Um, you know, I, someone's going to have to recount everything that happened in that game because there was, it felt like six or seven plays on both sides where the, it was like, very weird with the refs. How about all the false starting from both teams all night? Felt like there was nerves from the O-line the entire time. Felt like no one really got comfortable. The 49ers, even though they had a 20-10 lead, even though they scored a touchdown in the third quarter, the most comfortable they got was when Tarverius Moore had that interception and then the whole defense ran and posed for pictures. They really thought they were going to win the Super Bowl then. And then everything went downhill. The Chiefs didn't get comfortable until... Late in the fourth quarter, my phone keeps getting interrupted. God damn it. It's one of, listen, the Super Bowl should be played on a Saturday. There's no way anyone should have to go to work the day after their team loses the Super Bowl. This is awful. And I ate so much food and beer. My poops are weird right now. Like, it's just, it's awful. <laughs> Move it to a Saturday, give us a day of recovery. And put the NFL awards either after the Super Bowl or right after the regular season. This nonsense of crowning John Harbaugh the day before the Super Bowl. And he was he was so nice. I missed that. I was calling him out on the tweet. He said that Kyle should have won it. So he's the man, to be honest. But just like the fact that they're awarding Ryan Tannehill, the comeback player of the year. And people are saying, coming back from what? Playing for the Dolphins? 
Jimmy G came back from an ACL and had to rehab every day. And no one had the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I guess they're saying Tannehill's career could have been over, too, at the same time. So, listen, it's all bouts of frustrating. I was in Miami. It was so fun from Wednesday to Saturday. Had some awesome meetings with some different agents, a bunch of projects Blue Wire is working on, um, some investors down there. Really cool, cool. We're going to be announcing our seed round here in a couple weeks. Really, really pumped. Um, but, you know, just ends on a sour note. 25 years after Steve Young delivers the Super Bowl in Miami, they blow out the San Diego Chargers. 25 years later, Kyle Shanahan shows up to his first Super Bowl with the 49ers. Jimmy G's first Super Bowl. Richard Sherman made the great decision to leave the Seahawks, makes the Super Bowl. And... um Man, this is tough. Very tough to swallow. Shout out to Jed York for saying it sucks because it's true. It was raw emotion from him on Twitter, which has gotten him in trouble in the past. But you know what? I agree. This sucks. We're going to get through it together. Striking gold. Shout out to Tyler, our producer of this podcast. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Um, Make sure you start betting on college basketball and other things. Betonline.ag. Promo code BLUEWIRE. They'll get everything set up for you. All right, Striking Gold, I'll be back later in the week. We're going to have to talk more about this. There's going to be more storylines and stuff coming from this. Rob and Croc will be on here too. Shout out to everyone who listens to both of us. There's some people who don't. I would give them a shot as well. Um, All right, guys, cheer up. This is awful. We'll be on Twitter together. Um, We'll get through this. The 49ers are going to be better than the Rams. We're coming off their Super Bowl hangover. Same with the Panthers. They're going to be better. Can they get back there next season? Oh, right now that feels like a really hard mountain to climb. All right, we'll talk soon, guys. Go Niners. Peace. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.